When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So, um, I had a lot of fun last week doing an interview with my sister Macy. Uh, Macy, I think you did a great job last week, and um, you know, I said in the introduction to last week's episode that something happens while Macy and I are talking about the death of my mother, and uh, Macy was out for a walk, and. The statement that I made during the podcast was that even if my relationship with my children were rocky, I would still care for them. And that was kind of like the last statement we said when it comes to my mother. And then we were moving on with the conversation and Macy was out for a walk. And just as we were moving on, these bells chime out uh during the episode right as we finished that and Macy actually didn't take a lot of stock in it but I personally I think it's a sign you know it's a sign that I'm going in the right direction so um Macy thank you so much for doing that I think you are amazing I am so glad to have you back in my life and so glad that um you know we were able to do that episode and uh thank you so much so um now this week, you know, I was able to, I, I posted on Instagram earlier this week that I was able to do an interview with a self-aware narcissist. A few months back, I did an episode with a female narcissist, and now I'm doing an episode with a male narcissist. Um, I also posted some questions on Instagram, and you guys filled out a lot of questions, and I'm all for asking them during this episode. So um, I want to welcome in uh, the, the guest name is Jacob. He goes by the nameless narcissist, even though, you know, I think he's kind of exposed himself at this point, but, um, yeah, I want to welcome in his followers. I want to welcome in his audience. Um, I want you guys to know that Jacob and I talked at length off the air about how we're just trying to bridge the gap a little bit between your side of the table and our side of the table. And I want you to know that, it's very important, personally speaking, for me to not see my personal narcissist in you guys. Um, so that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I'm going to do it in two parts. So I'm going to put out the first part today, and then next week I'm going to put out the second part because we we really had a very extensive conversation about all things narcissism, all things victims of narcissistic abuse, and uh, I really think you guys are going to relate to this. So uh, check it out to a brand new episode of dimming the gaslight so a couple months ago i did an episode with a diagnosed female self-aware narcissist and her name was tessa and you could follow her at at spirit narc 
Well, on Tess's episode, she name dropped a good friend of hers from the narcissist community um, who's called the Nameless Narcissist. So I'm here with Jacob. Jacob, say hello to everybody. I love how you said the Nameless Narcissist and immediately said my name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, like obviously that's cool, though, because I, again, I have doxxed myself already. But yes, hello, everybody. Nice to be here. I'm honored to be here. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's weird, you know, because... Um, most narcissists, before we got on the air just now, we were just talking, we were saying most narcissists are men. And I did the female angle and now I, I have the male angle. And just like I did with Tess, um, I put up a post on my Instagram page and I asked everybody, you know, what are the questions that you have for a self-aware narcissist? And just like with Tess, I, I warned you, dude, these shit, this shit's ruthless. We're yeah, some of them I was like, ah, well, I guess I'm gonna have to answer that. That's fine. <laughs> well, we'll get to all that in a minute, but... Always, always, always a hot button topic is how did you get here? So how did you get diagnosed with a narcissist? Um, you know, what was your path to self-awareness? It's always so funny because like people always talk about like narcissists being unaware and stuff like that. And yeah, obviously that it's an ego, uh, syntonic disorder. We, I think everybody else is a narcissist. Like fucking what the hell are you guys doing things for? We think um, we're narcissists too. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make you think you're one by the end of this. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously. Uh, but yeah, but like even early on um, and like because I did think that everybody else operated the same way I did. But I remember when I was I was like 10, 11, something anywhere from eight to like 12, it, somewhere between that. Uh, I was at a funeral and everybody else was like crying, grieving, stuff like that. And I just. I thought everybody was just being performative either because they thought that they had to or because they just wanted the attention uh, taken away from the person who died to themselves. Was this right? someone close to you? Um, it was my, oh, fuck, who was the first? Because I went to a bunch of funerals when I was younger. I think this was my grand, no, this was my aunt. This was my aunt. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't super close to her, but, like, I knew her for a long time. But yeah. I, in fairness, though, like, if you want to be... If you want to know how I react to funerals in general, um, a good buddy of mine in the army uh, did shoot himself and I didn't feel anything, which kind of sucked. Not until later. It, I'll get into that later, though. Um, it's a whole thing where I can't connect my emotions to the events themselves. Wow. Um, uh, but, but yeah, like that's the first time I knew something was off because everyone's acting different to me. But then I was like, oh, no, they're doing it for the same reasons I am. I swear. Uh, then once I was in high school, I would i would watch how people would interact with people i've always described people i see them as almost math and this is dehumanizing i'm sorry but i view them as like math equations i'm like i and i don't really know what's going on in the equation itself but i know what numbers to put in and what i'm going to get out and that's always to the ends of attention or social status 90 percent of the time okay and i thought that everybody else was doing it for the same reasons i was but it just felt like they were bad at it and i went be i kept flip-flopping between wait, maybe people are doing this for different reasons. And then, wait, I'm smarter than everybody else and I can just do it better. Wow. So you're like a natural born pro. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what it feels like. Um, I, I question it nowadays because grandiosity. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I genuinely think most narcissists think that they're good manipulators, but they actually aren't. And they just take advantage of the fact that like, you know, you, you guys don't have a reason to assume people are lying. Well, I think what happens with us from our side of the table is we recognize what you did later on, especially when we're out. 
Yes. When we're out, like, we're like, oh, fuck. Remember that Tuesday when she was, like, asking me about her friend that cheated on her boyfriend and how I felt about that? And you're like, oh, she was cheating on me. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, like, that's how we – that's what ends up happening. But, yeah, it's like you guys are good manipulators in the moment. But mm-hmm. we figure it out down the line. Anyway, I, go I'd agree. I, I, and, like, I, I think we, we take advantage of the uh, – we, we, I, I don't know. Never mind. I'm moving on. I, I forgot what I was going to say. I have ADHD too, so like that's going to happen. Um, but yeah. So eventually, time goes on, and I just kind of go through life, you know, fucking shit up and <laughs> realizing what's going on with me. And eventually, I'm in this relationship, and this was like the first relationship I was like, oh, this is good for me. Like she even helped me like point out some of my traumas when I was a kid, and that that was kind of fucked up how I grew up. And I was all, and I was like, wow, this girl's really great. Like. She turned out, like, even when I was unaware, I always felt like I was just kind of a bad person in general. Mm-hmm. And so when, so, like, I met her and I was like, wow, this person went through similar stuff that I did, but, like, she turned out to be such a good person. Like, this is something I could never be. She, she's so genuine. And eventually, um, this girl that I had been on and off with for most of my life, I, she came back to my life during this relationship and I ended up cheating on my girlfriend at the time. Oh, wow. And... When I, and so eventually when uh, that ended, I, I wanted to prove to the girl I was with afterward, the on and off one, I was like, oh, I want to prove to her I'm healthy, right? I'm going to go into therapy and show her that I'm so like healthy and working on myself. Reformed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, then literally the second therapy session, like she broke up with me. So it was like, okay, well that was a waste. Um, <laughs> did, she see something in, did she see something in therapy that you were doing that caused her to do that? Uh, no, she was just batshit. <laughs> that, that sounds like I'm projecting, but she is, uh, she's a mess of her own is what I'll say. And that's why we attracted each other so much and have been yeah. off and on for so long. Yeah. Um, and so eventually when she left, I was just kind of like, well, why did I break up with that girl? That was really good for me. Like, I don't understand why I'm doing these things that are actively bad for my life. And I knew that I had trauma at this point. So I was like, might as well stay in therapy. Then for two years, I lied <laughs> on the way to my therapist. Um, and what a waste of time. And money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like, because secretly I wanted them to know, I wanted them to know what I was actually like. But it's like, I can't just come out and say it. They have to figure it out. It, it's stupid. Is it, is it one of those things where like, like people... Uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a normal comparison. Okay, so like, let's say people want to lose weight. Right. But yeah. you just can't stop eating cheeseburgers because I love cheeseburgers. Is mm. it the same sort of thing where like I want help, but like I can't necessarily wrap myself or wrap my brain around how to take the advice? That was a great analogy. Honestly, cool. that was amazing. Um, Yeah, because it's like I want people desperately to see through it. But also I feel threatened when they try to. So I'm constantly yeah. pushing back against it. And it's like, I want somebody to understand me, but I'm not willing to let them see who I am. It, it's wow. so funny. Uh, like, I use funny in a, I, okay, not ha-ha funny, but you know no, what I mean? like bizarre <laughs> ironic. funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, one day I'm in a therapy session. And I'm like complaining about one of my friends because, you know, I think everybody's out to get me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like literally. You don't uh, understand how funny that was because I think everybody's out to get me. Anyway. <laughs> you'll see a lot of that with me i'm always like yeah i do this fucked up thing i know that i do but you know whatever um but uh i was on um but yeah like i was complaining about this girl 
And I was like, she thinks she understands me, but she doesn't. Like, it pisses me off. And my therapist is kind of, you know, nodding along. And then I just sit back and I just, like, chuckle for a second. She's like, what? And I'm like, well, it makes sense, right? I mean, she's so fucking stupid. And she's like, what? And I'm like, well, I mean, look at her and look at me. I'm so fucking, um, I'm smart, I'm attractive. They think that uh, I'm bad for thinking I'm better than them, but I am better than them. I just go off this grandiose uh, tangent. And she was like baffled because I hid it for so long. And then she she was like, oh, uh, I'm humbled that you actually opened up about this. And I was like, are you fucking mocking me? (laughs) Oh my God. And quickly after that, I was diagnosed. Wow. So how old were you? Ah, fuck, I have my diagnostic paper here. It was brought up like two how years long ago, ago, I want to say. Two years and ago? Then it, it was brought up then. I think I was officially diagnosed about a year ago. Mm. So how has that diagnosis affected, like, from that line in the sand on? How, how have you adjusted to the world with that diagnosis? It's been it, It's been odd. Because uh, there, there's been certain parts that have been really helpful and then certain parts that have kind of made me much more unhappy. Yeah. Um, and like, and how in, interpersonally, once I came out with my diet, eventually I like came out in quotes, like after a year being diagnosed, like, well, when it was first brought up, when we thought I probably had it, but before official diagnosis, I like kind of was like, hey guys, uh, I probably have NPD. Were you, were you immediately my, accepting of it or were you in denial? I <laughs> I was literally like, oh, so I am special. <laughs> I'm like, unique, yeah, you know. Uh, I like it's funny because compare like me and Tess are pretty damn grandiose narcissists, but I am I feel like I'm much more of a stereotype. <laughs> um, As he sips his whiskey, nobody can see, but he sips his whiskey. He's like, we're much, I'm much more grandiose. You have a very, like, Don Draper fucking thing about you. Do you watch Mad Men? You have a very, like, Don, you have have the Don Draper look. You got the whiskey glass. Yeah. So here's the the thing is that narcissists, we rely on other people to define ourselves. I guarantee you I'm going to be looking up that guy for the rest of the night because you said that. (laughs) Watch Mad Men. Don Draper, I mean. Total prick, bro. Total narcissist. <laughs> Total fucking, prick. Oh, what are you saying gets, about me, man? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, he gets a lot of girls. He's super successful. A lot of money. Um, a oh, lot I'm of drinking. Great. A lot of drugs. Like, the dude was just <laughs> living the high life, and he knew he was the shit. It's, it's a show called Mad Men. Don Draper, you, you have that Don Draper vibe about you. Oh, man. I love I love. I mean, everything you said right there, I am on board with. <laughs> But yeah, oh, fuck. Where was I? Uh, where so was we I were talking about that? were you accepting of the oh, diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's funny because Deanna Diamond, she uh, treats narcissists, and she said that there's usually two types. And the first one is that they, and like it's 50 50 more or less. And the first one is always going to be like, they're going to just be in denial. They're like, there's no way they can accept it. But the second group, uh, again, 50 50, they're going to wear as a badge of pride. And that's what I was like. They're like, yeah, I'm a fucking narcissist. What about it? Hey, you're um, not then, a covert narcissist. Oh, sorry. Sure. I said you're definitely not a co- covert narcissist. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like, <laughs> um, in fairness, I'm way less covert than I am in real life here. Because in real life, I was like, well, people aren't going to admire me if I'm acting narcissistic. Right? True, true. Um, eventually, I would like to, I, I call it self-esteem juice instead of narcissistic supply. Um, <laughs> self-esteem juice. 
it's my oh my god it's my favorite term i won't make it a thing i swear one day um but yeah i uh like to get self-esteem juice i'm like well people don't like people who are blatantly narcissistic so I would feign humility for a lot of, uh, for most of my life. But nowadays, it's more like to cope with my grandiosity and to make sure I'm like, okay, like kind of ground myself. I make jokes about it, right? It's like, oh my God, I'm the greatest thing in the world, right? And then people laugh. I feel validated because the joke was funny and I also get to kind of get out that yeah. grandiosity. But yeah, like, yeah. So when I was diagnosed, I was just kind of like, Pfft. do you feel like people mistake that for confidence? Like, do you oh. think people think that you have like this overconfidence? Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing is that, like, <laughs> people confuse self-love for grandiosity. Uh, I don't love myself. I hate myself. That's going to be my follow-up question. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it's like, yes, I hate myself, but I think I'm better than everybody. So my inner monologue is this constant stream of, like, oh, you're so fucking stupid. Why did you do that? You're better than this. Right? Um, it. it essentially narcissism is a self-esteem regulation disorder where we're trying to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, not by loving ourselves, but by putting ourselves above other people. Yeah. But we, you know, it's funny. And I, I especially um, experienced this once I got out of my relationship is mm -hmm. I feel like I inherited some of that doubt. And like, I, I told a story one time on the podcast where like, ordering a pizza right like so i'd be like okay i gotta order a pizza right for the family so um do i order one pizza do i order two how many slices am i eat am i gonna eat half the pizza or my kids get how many slices are my kids gonna have do they want pepperoni do they want chicken should i get mozzarella sticks too which um where should i order it from how much is it gonna cost and like yeah. for like 45 minutes of all this fucking doubt and the, and the thing is is that I would do this in front of my own personal narcissist and she'd be looking yeah. at me like, you're fucking crazy. And I'm like, you fucking did this to me. I can't fucking make a decision to make a, about a pizza. <laughs> I you know love I mean? that you brought that up, honestly. Um, Cause this is a question I get every now and then. And it took me a while to think about, but I, it really hit me when I talked to one of my exes after I became self-aware and like, mm -hmm. I went in like, that's a whole story that I do want to share because you guys will be very proud of my ex for how she shut down my, in quote hoover um i wasn't trying to get back with her but like you know um and but like they my, some of my exes told me that i made them feel replaceable worthless um like they didn't matter like i could take or leave them which um, take or leave part eh, towards how the did, end of the relationship sure how did you do that can you give us an example i wish i could because it was so unconscious i didn't know that i was making them feel like that were you like, um, looking at other girls in front of them or something like that no, not really. Uh, not that I, uh, not that, well, maybe I was. L that's the thing is that, like, this was so unconscious of me. Like, I had no idea it was making them feel like this. Uh, all I really can look back on and admit is that, like, I was, how do I put it? I was, like, very distant because I didn't want them to think that they, I needed them. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked down on people who I felt like were so tied to their relationships that like, that's all they were like that. I wouldn't see them apart from their partner, like their them and their partner were like one person. I thought that was pathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not calling anybody pathetic by the way. No, 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 no. That's how I'm, I felt I'm, about I'm, it. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but so I was very cold in those relationships, but, um, anyways, to get back on what you were talking about, once I was, <laughs> once I got on to, um, once I like heard that, I was like, that's interesting. I didn't know that made these girls feel like this. This explains why they got such a complex over me, so to speak. Um, and 
people would come to me being like, why am I acting narcissistically after a narcissistic relationship? And at first I was confused, but I was like, wait, I made these girls feel like I did that they're, that they're worthless, that they have nothing to offer, that they're replaceable, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and when the one person in your life is dealing with those feelings by being narcissistic, how are they, what are you going to do? You're going to subconsciously pick up on that. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, almost like, you enjoy the chase and once you for lack of a better word like complete that person or like you get the person you've you've achieved that you've completed the chase and then it's no longer worth it or no longer interesting so yes and yes and no it depends uh mainly when i'm in a relationship with somebody and like, if they leave me first, I feel this need to get back with them to prove myself that I'm worth something, right? Mm. But, and I do enjoy the chase, right? Proving myself that I can't have these women. But for the most part, I do genuinely think that I am, like, in love with them at first. I'm like, this is my ideal love. Finally, my soulmate, they're going to understand me. And then nobody can live up to those expectations. And that's where cheating comes in, right? Is because I look at other people and I'm like, wait, maybe that's my soulmate. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I just kind of, um, and eventually I leave that person because I get so caught up in those anxieties about them not being my soulmate, um, which is like, they're going to leave you, um, more, more so that like, I'm missing out on the perfect person. Okay. Fancies of ideal love, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think probably though, I don't know if that makes you exceptionally narcissistic because I think everybody kind of has that thing, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, you, you, you know, especially in 2023 when in the day of dating apps and stuff, you might meet somebody really cool, but damn it, you get that notification on your phone while you're in that quote unquote talking stage. And next thing you're like, well, that girl's pretty hot. Maybe I should just keep talking to her. Now I probably sound like the fucking narcissist. Like, <laughs> Whoa, like, uh, man, that's crazy. Like, what are you talking about? No, <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. And I'm, and I'm sure people can relate to that. It's like, you yeah. know, we, we have this fear of A, missing out, B, we're not good enough, C, abandonment, you know, and, and yeah. that's a that's a very um, prevalent thing with us on this side of the table, I know at least for me, um, is that, you know, I have a fear of abandonment for sure. Not so much anymore, though, because uh, a coping technique that I've learned is that, you know, like it's funny, people say you have to love yourself before you get in a relationship. And the reason people say that is because you have to love yourself to know that I'm going to be okay if this relationship doesn't work out. You know what I mean? Like I still will always have me, even if I'm single, whether I'm in a relationship or whether I'm single, I always have me. So um, I don't necessarily have that fear of abandonment because that's something I've learned on this healing journey. But it sounds like I, I understand where you're coming from when you when you say, like, you know, is there more out there? Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably a relatable thing if we're honest with ourselves. I, I agree. And I think that's that really sums up personality disorders in general is that, like, it's not that these are super abnormal traits. It's that we're taking them to this extreme. Right. I can't maintain a relationship because of these fantasies of ideal love, quote-unquote. And other people, they'll have those, uh, I would say, intrusive thoughts for them. But they're able to recognize them for that. Meanwhile, I'm like, no, my soulmate's still out there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and like that's, and like do people think like, oh, am I settling or something? Like, listen, we all have all these thoughts that are rolling around in our head. But I will say this, I've never cheated in my life. I've never cheated in my entire life because... um, Good for you, by the way. 
Thank you. Because because you want to know why? Because I, especially now in my dating game, I feel like if I find somebody good, listen, okay, me. Oh, let's use me as for example, right? I'm not the greatest looking guy in the world. I'm not the most, you know, oh. richest guy in the world. Hey, I, I think you're good looking. I, I saw you before we started this. So. Thank you. I appreciate you. Well, like, but like, I'm not the greatest looking guy in the world. Uh, I'm not the richest guy in the world. I have a one bedroom apartment. I'm not living in any mansion. I drive a freaking hoopty of a car, man. Like I, I'm, I don't have everything going for me, but I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a really good guy. And I know that. So like, it's the same, it's the same sort of thing. If I have that expectation of women to like me for me and who I am as a person, I should really do the same. See, that's fascinating to me because like, I think that might highlight the difference right there is because I view it like almost literally as the opposite. I'm like, yeah, I'm the smartest guy in the world. I'm fucking the most attractive guy in the world. Um, but I, I feel inherently that I am a bad person who is almost and this and in fairness, a lot of narcissists won't view this consciously. It's just I've done so much self-reflecting, uh, especially since I became self-aware to be able to recognize these facts. Like somebody will tell me, oh, you're such a good person. I will like bow my head in shame a lot yeah. of times uh, because and deep down, I'm like, no, I don't have I like my value is in my external traits. Like, and those have to be maintained for me to be able to be loved. Wow. Yeah. I mean, vanity, I guess. Well, you know, uh, you just use the word reflective, which you don't hear from a narcissist much. When you, when you reflect, and this is something my biggest question, and we're going to get to everybody else's questions from the Instagram post in a little while. But one of my biggest questions is regret and remorse. So when you just say you're reflective, where do you stand emotionally, mentally when it comes to remorse? So for a long time, I thought I felt remorse. Then I, I, I was tripping on shrooms because I'm a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and I felt guilt for the first time. How did that feel? Weird. I don't know. Like, it was weird. Like, because it was so, uh, I don't know even how to describe it. It was like. I felt almost horrified that I treated somebody the way I did. Well, usually if I do something like that, I'll feel shame. I'll be like, oh man, I'm a terrible person because I did that. And, but I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that to you. I'm so sorry. Um, and it was weird. Um, for me, I feel regret because of the effects that my actions had. Sure. Like, uh, mainly like me being abandoned, (laughs) but, (laughs) but like, uh, I think that's very distinct from remorse because it's never focused on the other. It's always like either there was a consequence of it or the fact that I did that made me feel like a shitty person. So is that a motivating factor for change? Oh, for me, yes. Uh, Well, narcissists have elixithymia, uh, which is we don't know what we're feeling most of the time. Mm. So a lot of narcissists, like for me, when I was younger, I had three emotions, good, bad, and angry. (laughs) Um, And once I was able to discern shame, because I just called it the bad emotion. I didn't know what it was. Once I knew what it was and I w- knew I was super sensitive to it, that has prevented me from doing like so many bad things because fuck feeling that. I hate shame. So when you feel good, I, I assume you just get more grandiose. Oh, when yes. you feel bad, you lash out or what? what's the action that accompanies feeling bad? When I feel shame, I definitely lash out. I still am working on that, actually. 
um, when I'm feeling shame, but there's nobody around, that's when, because like people don't really recognize that people talk about vulnerable and grandiose narcissists. And the reality is that if they're pathological, they'll flip flop between the two. Okay. Uh, they'll show both traits of uh, both uh, constructs. Uh, so when I'm not getting myself a steam juice, I'm fucking in a deep, vulnerable state. I'm depressed, hypersensitive to criticism. I'm lashing out at everybody around me, uh, very petty, passive aggressive. But then when my uh, I'm getting all that self esteem juice I need, I'm like very grandiose. Um, insults don't affect me as much. Sure, also I might still get angry at them and lash out, but like it's not as um, I'm not as sensitive to it. What about um, what do you do when you get angry? Usually just like rip somebody else apart. Yeah, it, it's very easy for me to see somebody else's insecurities. I usually just fucking not nowadays as much, but I would just like go at those um, because it was like, I don't know. It was like it felt like they were trying to hurt me. So I should make them feel like how I feel and go at them because they tried to hurt me, even though I know that they weren't now. Um Back then, it was like, oh, you made me feel this emotion. You wanted me to feel this emotion. So now I'm going to come back at you. Do you feel like you're better at being mean than, like, <laughs> the person who triggers you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you know it is. is. <laughs> I, I do. I, 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 like, if I'm being honest, I do feel like that. I feel like I can read somebody's insecurities, like, immediately, which probably is my grandiosity mm -hmm. but it, it also makes sense because it's like when i'm insecure about everything even at a subconscious level it should be easy for me to see somebody else's insecurities mm. like you, you for example <laughs> go ahead for you your insecurities no. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead you're like a fortune teller go ahead and do it i mean i feel like you're self-conscious about being like your ex yeah, why wouldn't I be? It's just, it's just you, know the vibe, yeah. you know what I am? I'm self-conscious about relating to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm self-conscious about giving you a free pass because like, well, like all my, you know, I, like before we got on the air now, like I was telling you, I have good friends who are like, don't put these fucking people on, you know, um, yeah. like, I, I, and I'll be honest with you. There's, there's a part of me who thinks that the self-aware narcissist um, you, like you still, you, like you said, you get your self-esteem juice. And I think what the self, what the self-aware narcissist is saying is don't give your self-esteem juice to your personal narcissist. Give it to me. Ooh, that's actually, that's an interesting way to think about it. Like um, on the social and on the social media part. of Yeah. It. And in fairness, I like, before I get into this, I completely see where you're coming from with that and where other people would be. Um, but that being said, I don't view it necessarily as that. But like, I, I'll never lie. I do engage in the social media partially, at least, for self-esteem juice. And, like, I, um, like, dude, I, I could tell you some stories about some comments I get that yeah. they make me feel emotions. And I'm like, fuck, what the? Jesus Christ. Like, good, weird. bad, offended? Or what does it make you feel? Good. Uh, actually, I'll give you guys a story about yeah. somebody who um, uh, is on your side of things. Her mother um was a narcissist and she read all these articles online it said go no contact etc et and she was like okay that's the thing to do uh then she died her, her mother did and she was left very conflicted about how that relationship ended 
and she found my content and she was like thank you for this like i always thought my mother was like this master manipulator and never like just wanted to hurt people and never made that much sense but viewing it from your perspective of just this desperate need to regulate self-esteem like finally the pieces are coming together and i can like be at peace with the fact that like the relationship with my mother was toxic but that she didn't like hate me that like i wasn't just this prey to her and that was the first comment i got and it stuck with me to this day like it, that happened almost a year ago mm -hmm. and to this day that sticks with me about some people who are trying to heal from their narcissistic relationships because i was like holy shit, that made me feel something i've never felt in my life and i helped her like oh my god it's weird um i i, I still struggle to articulate it yeah um but like it and stuff like that nowadays and like other narcissists who are like, I'm glad I have somebody to relate to. Um, they, that's a huge motivator for me now. Yeah. I still get validation from this hand. Yeah, I would mean, never d deny that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I got a message from somebody earlier today who said from listening to their podcast, they are packing a to go bag as they're texting me on Instagram, telling me they're getting ready to leave. And I'm like, shit, I don't want to make people's decisions for them in life. But for the same token, it's like, that's why I started this thing is A, to tell you what I went through, B, to tell you how I'm handling it and C, hopefully you could take something away from it. And I hope you can yeah. survive this thing. But as you were just talking, uh, I had a good question. So you say that it's this desperate need to regulate your self-esteem. At what point, and I asked Tess this question too, at what point does that turn sinister? Uh, so two things. One, I want to point, before I get into that, I want to say I apologize for the tangents I go on where I kind of lose what I was saying because- I'm following you, man. I think you're, you think you're worse than you are. I'm following you. <laughs> okay. Like, like when I was listening to Tess, like constantly be like, that didn't make any sense. I was like, Oh God, I'm redoing that. Like I'm actually very <laughs> conscious being like, no, don't say that. Um, but um, fuck, oh, God damn it. What'd you say? So I, asked you, I asked you, so you have a desperate need to regulate your self-esteem. Those were the words you, cho you chose. So at what point does that turn sinister? At what point does that get to the point where you want to inflict pain on others? I would say, I would say I don't never really want to inflict pain per se, but how I would phrase it is, because I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, like I, I phrase it like this. I want to be admired. And if I'm not admired, I want to be liked. If I can't be liked, I want to be feared. If I don't want, if I can't be feared, I want to be hated. And in fairness, this is not, most narcissists don't want to be hated or feared. I am a case where I would prefer that to indifference. Well, uh, they oh, actually, let me rephrase, they'd rather be hated than feared. I mean, they'd rather be hated than indifference. Most of them don't want fear. Uh, when I was younger, like... Why? I why? Actually, why? Before you move on, why? Why don't you want to be feared? Uh, why don't they want to be feared? Why don't narcissists want to be feared? Because uh, that's... How do I put it? That makes them not look like a good person. Mm. They well, want to prove themselves that they are. And But for me, it's a little different because... I don't know. Maybe I'm on the malignant side, I guess. Um, but, uh, but I... I don't know. Like, it's weird. In When I was younger, I wanted people to fear me, like, a lot. I wanted them to be like, oh, he's a fucking genius and admirable, but, like, I'm, I'm nervous to um, go against him. And I don't think that's the norm. From what I've talked about other narcissists, this is more of a me thing than a general narcissist thing. But for me, that's what it was. So if you can't be loved... I can't be loved, you, period. Right. 
Right. I understand that. But if you, so if you can't, well, can you not be loved or can you not accept love? Ah, there you go. You got it. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you can be loved because I know that I loved my, I loved my ex-wife. I fucking loved every goddamn hair on her head. I loved her. Um, but here's the thing is that, I mean, does that make you uncomfortable? It's so um, I think and like I'll quote my ex here is that she said she gave me all the love that she could, but I would never trust it, Um, which sums it up. Like that girl, like fucking I don't know how the fuck she like pinned me so good. But anyways, um, (laughs) she but like, uh, yeah, and she was right, is that I don't believe anybody can love me. And if somebody says that they do, I'm like, well, you don't even know me then. If you think I'm worth being loved, wow. then you don't know me. Or it feels like they're lying to me. And sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes it feels like they're trying, trying to manipulate me. Wow. I don't think you realize how poignant that was. That I, I was don't. <laughs> no, because because you just said, it's like, if you love me, you don't realize, you don't know who I am. And like, wow, that's introspective. Wow. Um, yeah. At one point, again, I am, like, this sounds almost grandiose, but I do self-reflect more than most narcissists. Like, I, even when I was, before I was self-aware, I wanted so desperately to know why I did things, why I was yeah. fucking up my life so much, that I spent so long fucking self-reflecting to realize, to come to terms with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, like, you know, so a big thing, and it's funny, uh, we'll get to the comments again on the Instagram post in a little while, but I remember somebody posted, so I posted something on Instagram, got like 3,000 likes or something, and it was like, um, four signs you're not the narcissist, and one of the signs is the ability to reflect. If you're sitting there going, am I the narcissist, you're probably not, because most narcissists just do yeah. what they do and go on with their life, and they don't reflect, and they don't say, they don't have regret, and like, I don't know what the term was that you used before, but you can't identify your feelings. Yeah. Um, so going off that, like, I see why people say that, because mm-hmm. the issue that I find is that, like, so narcissism, narcissistic personality disorder, it's egocentric, right? That's why mm-hmm. I think everybody else is narcissists. Well, well, that's why I used to think uh, is because, oh, like, I think like this. Why wouldn't everybody else think like this? So it's hard for us to realize, oh, wait. It's not that everybody else isn't self-aware of why they're doing things. It's me. Because why would everybody else act differently? Like, I'm sure that you didn't realize that your ex was doing things for completely different reasons than you were. No. And, yep. And that's why, like, we have such a hard time with it. Uh, But there are narcissists who are very much capable of self-reflection. I know a couple that are, like, even more, almost even more self-aware than I am. Yeah, but like, I mean, between the two narcissists that I've interviewed for this podcast, it both took psilocybin to understand that. Okay, I see what you. Okay, that's fucking hilarious. But no, I was self-aware before. I I didn't know what guilt felt like before the uh, before taking uh, trips. Yeah, but I. Uh, I, I was I was I was relatively speaking pretty self aware before then as well because I knew my diagnosis and stuff like that. Mm. Wow. All right. There's a lot of introspective stuff we're getting to here, but we've been talking for almost 40 minutes here. Holy and, shit! Um, really? Yeah, dude. So I think you know a lot of people are listening to this because they want their 
personal questions asked. Now, before we came on the air, you and I were talking and, um, you know, I said to you a weird thing about this whole the the questions. Right. A lot of people who are who are going to be listening to this, you guys see your personal narcissist in Jacob. Okay, and what I learned from last episode is Jacob is not your personal narcissist. He can give you a window, perhaps, into their thought process, but he's just going to be able to answer these questions to the best of his ability. Um, I hope, you know, the answers are satisfactory to you, but uh, we're no spokespersons. I'm not the spokesperson for narcissistic victim abuse. And <laughs> he, you know, he's not the spokesperson for all narcissists, but we'll do our best. Anyway. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fuck, there. man, if you want to call yourself, go ahead, you can do it. <laughs> I'm Emperor right, of Luster Bees, I swear. Um, <laughs> all right. So shout out to one of my absolute favorite accounts on all of Instagram. This woman is awesome. So uh, it's talk underscore narc underscore two underscore me. Talk narc to me. Her question is, why can't they just let someone go if they don't want to be with them anymore? So that's interesting because I have – so, like, I will be done with being in a relationship with them um, but still want them in my life. And I'm reflecting on that right now, and I'm like, fuck, why do I do that? <laughs> and I think – oh, sorry. Validation? Like, I think that it's, uh, I don't want them to dislike me, thinking about it. Like, if I'm still friends with them, that means I'm still worth something. Yeah. So it's like... There's a funny line from The Office. I don't know if you ever watched The Office, but Pam from The Office goes, I have a hard time when people don't like me. I like to think the Taliban likes me. (laughs) (laughs) No, literally. Okay. I I had a moment the other day where somebody, uh, where I accidentally, I had an interview with somebody that I really admired. And I accidentally flagged their uh, copy. They posted the interview that I posted on their channel. And I flagged it and accidentally uh, for copyright. And they emailed me being like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you um, would have a problem with that. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. My life is over right now. I cannot sleep because they do not. They think I'm a narcissistic asshole (laughs) for having their thing removed. So the answer to that question is why why don't you let people go when, you know, uh, the question is why can't they just let someone go if they don't want to be with them anymore? It's because you want to be liked or loved. And and in my mind, you hate me if you're not in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I probably do. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I do. I probably do. You know what I mean? Um, Because we know all the shit you did to us. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a facade. We live this shit and the gaslighting, it's like, no, when you get out of it and you have that 2020 vision, you have that hindsight, you're like, yeah, no, we probably do hate you. How do you feel about that? Cruel, but fair enough. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people in my life who definitely have that right is what I'll say. Mm. Um, God, it now, (laughs) dude, you like watching, I like watching you. I like watching you struggle to uh, articulate yourself. Yeah. I like it because it's it's staying true to your narrative or whatever you want to call it is, you know, you don't know how you feel. No, like I like you said that and I was like, oh, wait, this isn't shame. What the fuck is this now? I feel weird. 
Um, it's funny because uh, nobody can see you, but I'm watching you go through it right now. He's yeah. he's like itching the back of his neck. His eyebrows are up. His eyes are open. And he's I'm about to he's... end my fucking. I'm about to end my my fucking camera right now. No, dude, like you're going through it, but this is good. This is what people want to know. Can I ask another question? Because oh yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, well, I don't want to move along if you if you're not done answering it. I, well, I was just going to say that like uh, very briefly is that like on what you said is that like it's so hard for me to accept that like, cause like I have done things that people deserve to hate me for. And I'm just like, so un- like you pointed out so blatantly and I'm like, Oh my God, like people hate me. Why is this so intolerable? Um, and now, and now I can't even go on to the next question. <laughs> He's got his hands over his eyes right now. Yeah, I, can't even go on, I can't even go on to the next question because you're just like, fuck. Fuck, like, okay, fuck you. because go, you're, go try, next question. I'll you're trying to rectify in your brain. I don't want to speak for you, but you're trying to rectify in your brain that people dislike you for your actions. And uh, yeah, I, I can see it. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're gonna I go consciously off. recognize that, but I'm also like being like confronted with it by somebody else was like such a different experience than me thinking like, oh, they dropped me because they hate me for no reason. And then me being like, oh my God, they dropped me and they might hate me because I... I I can be a shitty person sometimes. Well, speaking from my point of view, it's not that we hate you. It's that, or we hate our narcissist. Not that we hate you. It's yeah. more so like we gave you 130, 150% of everything we have. And you just like, if we were going to hand it to you and you had your hands out, you just dropped it right in front of us. That's, and see, and like, I, I completely see what you're saying right there. And I agree. Like, Oh, well, but I would reframe that to thinking instead of dropping it, we missed it. Okay, fair. That's fair. And and you might like to hear this, but I don't think that's your fault. I don't think that's your fault. Honestly. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's hard for me to grapple yeah. with because I'm, Never mind. I'm not going to get. Right, let's, I'm not going to dive into that too deep. But let's do right. the next question. Yeah, next question. Okay, <laughs> and I like this one. It's from Spirited NRG. The letters NRG. Spirited NRG. I love this question. How do you feel about dating now that you have your diagnosis? It's harder because, like, I've always wanted to have a, like fantasies of ideal love, right? I'm always I want so badly to. Find my soulmate and to have a fucking white picket fence bullshit. Um, but nowadays, I'm like, well, one, I have to find somebody who, because oh, I, I disclose my uh, diagnosis before I get official with anybody. I'm like, okay, this is something that you need to have, like, this thing you need to know so that you can make a completely informed decision about whether you want to go forward with me. Wow. Um, but at the same, but I also think like it's on the back of my mind all the he- all the time is that I'm like, well, am I healthy enough to have a relationship? Am I healthy enough to have kids? Will I ever be healthy enough to have either of those things? Um, and I want to be. I like I desperate I, I desperately want a family. Uh, and I think part and that's another part of it is that because my family is so fucked up, I'm thinking all the time like, am I will like. I, I'm like, am I just doing this so I can replace the family I never had? Because if so, that's selfish. I'm giving them the genes to have narcissism. And then at the same time, I'm sitting here not sure if I have a, a hand on all my defense mechanisms. And that might uh, come off on them. 
Yeah. And then they might become narcissists. And the last thing I want to do is make anybody like me. Because but, but, I know how fucking miserable that is. Okay, but I hear what you're saying. But then also for the same standpoint is like, so our experiences, I have kids, okay? And my experience is that my narcissist doesn't give a rat's ass about my kids. Mm. You know, like, because how how much could you care about your children if you're separating a loving parent from them? See, and I, that's, I, and like in your situation, yeah, fucking agree. Fuck your, fuck your ex. <laughs> um, fuck your ex-wife. Um, but like. Thank you. <laughs> I <course>. agree. <laughs> um, for me, I, but for me, the only people that I, like, I have a really hard time with, like, I am one of the narcissists who I basically completely lack uh, emotional empathy. But. I also, the only times I really feel like any sort of real sympathy, any sort of real, maybe empathy, I'm not sure if it is, is when I see kids getting abused um, by their caregivers, when I see pets being abused by their caregivers, or, and also when I see old people being abused by like the nurses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Those are the only times I feel sympathy. Um, And I can't speak for other narcissists who mistreat their kids. Me personally, I... Maybe I would, because I'm not in the situation, right? I might fucking go into this and be like, and like, just be an awful parent. But right now, I look at that and I'm like, I could never give a kid the childhood that I had. So like, okay, so kids, animals, and the elderly. So like, (laughs) but do you feel like when it comes to um, like an adult, right? By us entering into a relationship with you or a narcissist, is that us signing a waiver, almost? Like, is that, like, us being, like, you know... But, like, it's okay for me to treat you how I'm going to treat you? Basically. Yeah, and to you, is that what it is? No, not really. Because I don't realize I'm being bad until I'm in it, more or less. Until they, um... Until I realize that, like, me... Like, that... Until I realize that going through the emotions and being emotionally cold is, like, not acceptable. Um, usually I think I'm doing all the right things. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, be like, you know, I'm taking you out to places. I'm, fuck, now I'm thinking about it. Like, fucking, I have not done that many nice things for my exes. <laughs> but, um, no, like, I don't, I do not realize that I am making people feel the way that they are until after I am out of the relationship. Hmm. All right. Um, can I move on with questions? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, so Brandy405 is asking, did you ever, or do you now use gaslighting on your victims? And if so, what was your purpose or intention? So this is an issue that I have actually, is that like, we have to define gaslighting because a lot of people conflate lying with gaslighting. The, the, the denial of someone's reality. Denial of someone's reality. Okay. Um, which could just be lying, right? Um, for me... Do you deny people's reality? So if someone's saying to you, you know, Jacob, you did, you know, I saw you, you were, you were looking at another girl. Another girl walks by. You say, no, I wasn't doing that. I don't know. I'm just throwing something. I see. Okay. I got, I got you now. Um, Okay. So this is what goes through my head when something like that happens. Let's say I look at a girl in a mall and I'm like, oh, well, she's pretty hot. Whatever. I don't say it out loud, obviously. But let's say like that's what's Not obviously. Some nurses would. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that would be a that'd be a power play right there. Somebody, some um, some listener right now is listening to this, going, "My narcissist did that." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like I can see why one would do that. I wouldn't do that though. Um, I would go. So I would go into a 
let me think. So basically, let's say somebody, let's say I did that, and then we go home, and you're like, hey, I appreciate how you did that. In my mind, it's over. Like, I did it already. Why are you bringing it up now? You're trying to make me feel ashamed. So I'll start, in my mind, defending myself. I, me personally, I probably wouldn't say outright that it didn't happen, but I'll be like, no, like how you're, like, you're blowing it out of proportion. Like, who cares? Like, it's over. Um, you, like, you were not, you think that I did that for reasons I didn't actually do. Um, in my mind, I'm just defending myself. I'm telling myself, no, I don't deserve you to be attacking me. Even though that you're not attacking me, you're telling, you're basically expressing a, um, your emotional damn, uh, emotional yeah, yeah, damage. No, no, I get it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a hard time recognizing that you're expressing that and not attacking me, I guess. It, does that make sense? Totally. Totally. It's funny, you know, so I pointed out your mannerisms before. I'm surprised you didn't just point out mine because when I was, when you were just saying what you were saying, I put my hands on my, on my head. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I, I can't see you right now. You can't see me? No. Hold on a second. This entire time I haven't been able to see you because, and I, and honestly, it stressed me. There we go. Yeah, it stressed me out, dude. I'm like, man, I cannot read anything this guy's doing. What if he hates me? <laughs> tell me. I didn't know you couldn't see me. Dude, the whole time when you were just saying what you were saying, I had my hands back. I was like, fuck, because you're sitting there and you're like, one of the biggest triggers, one of the biggest triggers that my next ever said to me is, I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of this. You don't because get we to think control. that you're attacking us for reasons that we didn't like for reasons that we don't feel like we did it for. Does that make sense? Not entirely, because if you're looking at another girl in the mall, I'm just we're just mm-hmm. using this as an example. If you're looking at another girl in the mall and then you say to your current girlfriend, oh, well, you're making a big deal out of this. You still did look at the girl in the mall. Well, I think that you're accusing me of uh, wanting to cheat. No, but, well, because here's the thing, right? I mean, like, personally speaking, I can say, you know, just like I was saying before, I'm not the greatest looking guy in the world. Like, I understand that, like, the woman I'm with, right? Like, I'm not going to be the last person on earth you're ever attracted to, but you shouldn't be doing it. You, you, you know what I okay. mean? Like, you shouldn't be sorry, doing sorry. it. Sorry, I was narking off a little bit right there. I see what you mean now. Like, you shouldn't be I doing was... it in front of another person, especially I, I the person you you're mean. with. Yeah, it's, like, um, disrespectful. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, okay. I get it now. Like, t- see, I was doing it right there. I was almost gaslighting. You know? <laughs> do you do you um do you come from things from more of a logic side or an emotional side? Uh, like in general, or like when we're doing this stuff, like this, like right now, like that sort of. Because you just said, oh, I understand it comes off as disrespectful. My next would never. She would never grasp it. She I would never grasp it. See, uh, in these situations, when I'm, when I'm actively trying to confront my narcissism, I have to go with the logical. I always say I have an emotional brain and my rational brain. My emotional brain is all my narc thoughts. Then my rational brain is, okay, they might be thinking this right now that would make what I'm doing look like this, and that's why they're upset. And though it doesn't make sense to me, and though I feel like they're being dramatic, um, that's, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, Though they might be being dramatic, I understand that made them upset, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, do your emotions – it sounds like your emotions are, like, almost, like, overly simplified in, like, it's either you're attacking me, like, forgive me for using the word, but, like, a victim complex, or I'm the fucking shit. 
right? Yep. That's really yep. it. Black and white thinking. It's yeah. like we can only see in extremes of we are the best or we are the worst. That's the only situation. That's the only thing we can see. All right. Well, then this next question kind of goes along with what we're talking about here. So um, this is Etho. Uh, I, I don't even know how to say the the screen name. Forgive me. Etho Assistance, I think. Uh, does he have a path to authentic, agenda-free empathy? Has he found it, or does he even really want it? Ooh, that's a really good question. Okay, before I am I if, are, am I doing okay? First of all, I'm really. Oh, you're I killing like it. The, you're killing it. You're doing great. Okay, good. Because like for a second, I don't know why I was just like. For the course of this, I've been like, oh my god, I'm fucking an idiot. No, you're doing great, dude. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm hitting you with questions kind of rapid fire. And I think you're you're doing a really good job of articulating yourself in a way that at least at least I can understand. You know, okay, I can okay. understand. Like I um I don't and I said I said something similar to Tess. I don't necessarily relate, but yeah. I do understand. I yeah, which I appreciate. Okay. Um because for because for a second, I was like, oh, my God, does he think I'm attacking him? Am I coming off un- insensical? Like, I'm – and, like, th- this is my growth right here is that I'm willing to actually ask for reassurance instead of trying to manipulate you into giving it to me. No, like, I'll give it to you. Now, now that you told me, I'll give it to you, okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but, okay, okay, but um, oh, everything – um, Empathy. So I'll repeat the question for you, okay? Please do. Does he have a path to authentic, agenda-free empathy? Have you found that path, or do you even really want it? So empathy is a interesting one for me because I feel like people put this emphasis on it that isn't always um, – how do I put it? Isn't always like – they aren't looking at it from a perspective that I'd be looking at it from, I guess. Like – I know I don't feel effective empathy. I still don't. Um, but I know how to emulate it. And for example, I act as a friend to uh, like when I not act as a friend with my friends. I act as like almost a therapist. I can talk to them throughout their problem, talk them through their problems, and I won't get overwhelmed by guilt or like sadness for them and stuff like that. So I can be very stoic and like talk them through it and be like, okay, like that makes a lot of sense. I'm really sorry you went through that. Oops, sorry. That's your logic brain again. Mm-hmm. That's your logic because you, again, like, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but like it's either this grandiose thing or it's this like victimhood. And then the other side of your brain goes, well, okay, I hear the words that are coming out of my friend's mouth. Yes. Although I don't feel what they're feeling. And yes. I'll tell you me, if a friend comes to me and they say my dog died or my kid is sick or whatever they say, I'm like, fuck, dude, like, how would I handle this situation? How do how is this person feeling right now? I'm like, right. And and for men, especially like that's not something you hear very much. But I I'm very empathetic. Yeah. And that's and see, that's the thing is that like um, and and if you disagree with this, feel free to say so. But I feel like you are almost less uh, able to handle the situation because you do feel that effective empathy because it's like you can't focus on how do I make this person feel better. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, meanwhile, I can just be like, they can say that to me and I'm like, yeah, like logically, I know that's sad. Um, that's cool. <laughs> not, not cool. But like, I'm like, yeah, that's sad. Like talk, it th- talk through it with me. Uh, and then at the end of it, they'll be like, oh my God, you're like so helpful. Uh, you're wise, et cetera, et cetera. So I get my affirmation and I help them emotionally and it's pretty transactional, but like we both win. 
And right. I tr so I try to take these narcissistic traits and apply them in ways that are beneficial for everybody. Um, I get that. Okay, but then – so I understand what you're saying. Do you want to get to – so I think the question is asking, do yes. you want to get to empathy? Yes, I was about to I, – I, I was going to address that right there is um, I don't know because um, wow. there's two sides of it. One, I think it would be miserable to feel people's emotions all the time. Thank that feels you. like a lot. Um, on the other hand, though, I really – I crave to connect to people truly emotionally. I really fucking want that. And, like, that's one of the big things that, like, made me stay in therapy, too, is that, like, I feel lonely all the time. And – even though, like, I, I told that to a friend once, and he was like, you have more friends than anybody I know. And I was like, yeah, but I'm still lonely. And if empathy is the segue into that, then I'll fucking take it, hands down. Um, but if not, then, nah, probably not. So do you have any idea? I mean, it's okay if you don't, but do you have any idea of how to get there for yourself? So... I, I like I've interviewed a couple experts on my channel um, and what they say is the fact that because narcissists are so self-absorbed with their own problems, stuff like that, is that they don't even have the chance to empathize, um, which makes sense to me. I'm not sure if that's true. Um, and so I guess with my healing and dealing with the trauma I've gone through and these defense mechanisms that I have, there's a potential for me to start experiencing emotional empathy. Uh, but for me, I don't know. I, I, I'm still trying to grapple with that myself to figure out if I can or can't. Because I know uh, quite a few narcissists in remission, actually. Mm -hmm. And they don't know. Like, they, they're in the same boat as me where they don't know if they can heal more than they have, where they have changed their external behaviors. But internally, they're still narcissists. I'm uh, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm wondering like I'm I'm picturing like a light switch that's down, and what would it take to flick that switch? I, I don't know if you have the answer to that. I don't. I would. Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah. Um. May maybe it's just earnestly being able to really feel so comfortable with somebody that I can completely open up, and for them to see me for how I not for how I see myself, but for who I am. Um. Like, oh my God, do you want to hear the so this is something I say every now and then. Do you want to hear the one sentence that actually ever got to me emotionally? Sure. Uh, and this was like probably the closest to feeling close to what I ever felt in my life. Is they told me that they said, I know that you hide parts of yourself from me, parts of yourself that you hate and don't think, oh, God, I'm actually, fuck. Um, sorry, one second. Um, parts of yourself that you hate and that you think are unlovable but I think I've seen you more than most people have, and I've loved every portion of you. And just the admittance that they know that they don't see all of me, that I that there are parts of myself that I hate, and that um, and, and but that fuck me that they still love those parts. Like it, it blew me away. I, I never thought somebody would get me in that way to realize that like. They won't, they might not ever know all of me. Yeah. Um, but that they still love the parts of myself that I try to hide from them. Wow. And I, I, can, I can imagine, I mean, his, his eyes are all teary as he's saying this. I, I'm getting it. Like, I'm getting it. Yeah. All right, guys. So I'm going to stop it there. Um, I think that Jacob and I just covered a lot of stuff. And like, I think it's pretty insightful. And um, 
I'm going to put a break here because I'm going to put out part two of this, I guess you can call it a series, next week. Jacob and I talk about therapy for a narcissist. We talk about how to, to disable a narcissist. So come back for next week's episode. I hope you're enjoying this. And uh, until next time, everybody.